tunnel wearing his number eight jersey because it's now available from PDSIT Solutions. It is our Badgers outsider, Derek Blakesley, who may be a Badgers outsider, Tausch, but when it comes to IT, he is most definitely an insider that we go to for all our IT questions. Absolutely. PDS have been providing technology solutions and transforming IT for area companies for over 30 years. PDS is giving today's worker the true ability to work from anywhere as they balance work and life. PDS wants to be your trusted partner in driving success with enterprise solutions, digital workplace platforms, and managed services that fit your needs. PDS, Paragon Development Systems. Derek, good morning. How are you, buddy? Every week I come on here, guys, there's a little additional layer of complexity, and it's no different this week. I'm doing okay, nervous about the Brewers, excited to be in the playoffs, and the Badgers, as a fan, as a fan, every week it's like, what the hell's going on over there? I mean, it's it's just unbelievable, and the Gruden stuff this morning. A lot of gifts to the world of talk radio, <laughs> I would say. All right, so let's get to the Badgers because we I think all of us last week were pretty down, a lot of uh, angst about where the direction of this program and how things were going and the injury to Mertz and all this other stuff, and can you possibly lose to Bielema and the Illinois fighting, uh, I don't even know what their nickname is now. We watched the game on Saturday. It felt like we were back to the old Wisconsin way. And I know the critics are going to say, well, Illinois stinks. And they do. They're, they're not a very good team. You bully-balled them. But we at least saw some signs of what we can do against crummy teams. We're not at that spot where some people thought we could lose down in Champaign. I don't remember if you said that we thought you, that we weren't going to get it done. But there was anxiety. <laughs> That's that. gone. Right. I, I, I think you're inaccurate saying that I questioned whether or not we were going to get it done down there. I no, think I, our, I, I think that our analysis on the show has been spot on. We knew that we came out of the gates against some really good front seven competition. Um, even though we looked okay on offense and we did win the line of scrimmage. We did. Uh, there were two throws in the game for Mertz where he had plenty of time, the receiver was open, and they were they were just not good throws. Uh, one, I think the first one was probably into the wind. So if there's anything I took out of that game, it was that, like you had said, we're going to be able to beat uh, the middle-of-the-pack you know, the middle of the pack teams in college football led by our defense. And the second thing is, is that we still have a problem with quarterback play with Graham Mertz. I was under the impression that if he got a little more time and could – see what he was doing and had some you know open windows throws would be accurate but man they're just not getting the ball down the field uh, to lead the receiver a couple times in that game caught worth the cause for concern Derek Tausch advanced the theory moments before you came on and I know as an avid listener both live and on Wisconsin on demand presented by Grubel offices one call that's all you know that we have talked a lot about JT23, as Tausch likes to call him, Jonathan Taylor. Is he 23 in 28. Indy? 28. 
So does he have to change all his brand? I didn't ask. I don't, luckily, he didn't have nil, so he didn't uh, he didn't get a brand like some players. Unluckily have. for him, I suppose, because he could have always changed it. Uh, but Derek, are we seeing? Because we've spent a lot of time talking about this offensive line not being good enough, right? A lot of conversations with you, fair, about how the line has performed. Are we also seeing that maybe, just maybe? He was a transformative player that people were not as appreciative of, even with his greatness, that he was just another in the long line of great running backs, made even greater by their offensive line, or are they missing him along with their offensive line play? Well, I mean, we're obviously we're missing him. I think he was appreciated appropriately when he was here, frankly. We knew he had breakaway speed. The game last night where he uh, got out into the open and ran away from the defense is not something that most people can do. And I'd say the other part of him that we all appreciated, and I think we did appreciate it at that time, is how durable he is. He was he was available most of the games. It's exciting to see what he's doing in the, in the NFL, but I know it comes back to questions about what we've had up front. And I always go back to that home game we had against BYU when they were not that stout of a defense and we couldn't block anybody. And that's when I kind of started down this path of we have the prototypical size and height, but we're not necessarily very agile along the line and we're not necessarily pushing people. One thought I had is maybe to look at the strength and conditioning uh, program, which of course under took a lot of change when Gary Anderson was in charge and we sort of reshuffled that. Um, I, I wonder if there may be some questions to be asked there about just brute strength up front in the absence of obviously we don't have a lot of agility um, pulling like we've had in the past. How concerned are you about the departure of Jalen Berger? Oh, God. It, 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 did, did it make any of you guys, I know it did me, did it make you think anything about what happened with Gardo? It's like the basketball program. I think you get players in that are very talented, and they've got a lot of people in their ear, and... You know, when we go into a kid's living room with his family at Wisconsin, we have to make certain promises probably to bring that kind of player in about where they're going to be, the playing time that they're going to get, and what that experience is going to be like at Wisconsin that Alabama doesn't have to. Alabama can come in and say, hey, come here, compete, develop, play with the best, get your ticket to the NFL. Wisconsin, we got to sometimes say, hey, if you come here, like we probably told Ches and Malusi, you're going to get the ball 25, 30 times a game, you're going to be the star of the show, and you're going to play early. And I'm guessing that the expectations were set a certain way for Berger. Berger comes in, has a little different experience. Anecdotally, I'm hearing he wasn't overly you know, showing up for all the workouts and things that are out there. I don't know if any of that's true. I don't have any source saying that. Uh, I think leaders lead. And the thing with Berger is I think there was a time where we could have used a little more leadership in our football program, or a little more transparency, um, because when these things keep happening over and over again, it leads the the common fan, which I am, to sit back and, like I said at the beginning of the segment, like what what's going on over there? You know what's happening culturally? It just doesn't feel great right now. So I'm concerned because. Now we're hoping to God that Julius Davis rises from the ashes or that a 17-year-old kid can mature fast enough to be as effective as he was against a horrific Illinois team. So, yeah, I'm worried. I, I will say, though, Braylon Allen has stepped up, and I think, yes, he's 17, but he does bring a little something different. It's a physical kind of – I had somebody text me, 
kind of making the claim it reminded them of Ron Dane, and I put the brakes on immediately. I said, slow your roll. We ain't there. But you have to be happy with what you're seeing so far from the young fella. He looked. Uh, he got some carries in the uh, Eastern Michigan game, and I was there for that live. And he, he, the talent is raw. He's raw. He, if he can understand timing the way Corey Clement did, then he can get that kind of feel for the game over time. And if he has a good nose um, for finding the hole and the and his shiftiness, like Melvin Gordon um, has demonstrated, and 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 Monte, he's going to be a great back. Um, so the, the, we're always good. in the, the modern era of college football, and I would assume you guys agree, the Wisconsin Badgers are going to be able to go to the transfer portal or they're going to be able to go recruit good running backs. So to lose running backs doesn't kill us. But I think to what the first question was from, from JW, we got to be not just getting the 6'7", 315-pound guy to start at tackle or guard. we gotta, we got to start looking at the athleticism there and – of what we're trying to do schematically in order to just win the line of scrimmage. At the end of the day, we win football games when we win the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. That that will always be the staple, and if we don't win the line of scrimmage, it's going to be tough to win at Wisconsin. That's Those are just the facts. We all know that. Uh, what about the Brewers, DB? You're not just a Badgers outsider. You're a well-rounded Wisconsin sports fan. I'm nervous. I wanted Burns going today. Jesse wanted Burns going today. I want my horse out there. Obviously, Council knows a heck of a lot more about his team than I do. They're going lower. Where's your head at for this afternoon's game? I took my two kids to game one, Okay, um, which is important. So I took Drew and Gavin. They're 8 and 10. And I looked at the pennants underneath the, the press row at the game. I said, look at that, kids. The Brewers were in the playoffs in 1982. I had my whole childhood and college and everything else until 2008 came around and the Brewers did anything. And they have no concept of how lucky they are to have playoff baseball. In the and world. you're their dad. So that's and, another way they're I mean, real lucky. Those guys are obviously living Spoiled a life. Spoiled. <laughs> yep. Quality chili, quality weightlifting program I have them going through in order to be athletically superior. There's a lot going on. No. Um, so I don't understand why everyone's so down on the Brewers. We got playoff baseball. Craig Council makes a decision. Everybody attacks him. Everybody. I mean, people were saying the game was over before we even got our last at bat tonight. Jesse's the worst. Yeah, I, I just think that's Debbie awful. Downer. We should we should be enthusiastic. Yeah, uh, I agree. We, I, I don't. You know, you're going to make strategic decisions. If 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 the idea that we're going to give up two or three runs a game and that's going to be Armageddon. For the team, that says more about our hitting and the, the, some of the performance of the players than, than you know managerial decisions. So I think everybody, this is my message: people need to get behind the crew, mm-hmm. support the decisions that are made, and cheer for the darn team. I mean, I don't need to have an opinion on everything. Well, that's sometimes not true. It, it, you love having well, an opinion. Sometimes yeah. when you're able to articulate them a certain way, they have a certain <laughs> value to them, a certain gravitas, a panache. <laughs> but I just think, look. We have an opportunity. It's not the end. It's not hard to win two games. Two games against the Braves, um, and just the odds tell us we're over sixteen with runners in scoring position. Everybody knows that. It's not going to stay that way forever. Uh, I think they're going to put Morton out there today, so he's going to tire in that third, fourth, fifth inning when we're our second time through the lineup. I would expect the Brewer. This is what I'll tell you. Okay. Second time through the lineup. We get to the third, fourth, fifth inning. We're going to see a rally, a big rally today. And the Brewers are coming, bringing this thing back to yes. American Family so Field. He's in for the power oh, lower. He got, likes the power lower with a happy lower. We, and yeah. I'll tell you why. There's a culture within that team that's been fantastic for a long time. And I think Craig deserves credit for it. I think does. our leadership does. That team isn't one that says, oh, they don't, they don't get down on their dollar. That's not how they play. Mm-hmm. 
They're going to have players that are going to step up today. We're going to play good defense. Lauer's going to do what he needs to do, but obviously the team's going to need to put up four to six runs to win the ballgame. So we're going to find those hits that's going to come. Second, as Morton, as Morton starts to win. Remember, we scored, Rowdy hit the home run, which was beautiful to watch, by the way, off of him. We've scored runs on him already in the series. There's nothing to be afraid of, my friends. This is going to be a game five back in Milwaukee. God. There you go, Jesse. Does Derek, you? you're such an inspiration. Leader's got to lead, Jason. That's the theme today. Well, I just it's love time that for people he, to step up. I love that he took his kids to the to Amfam Field and showed them the pennants and made sure that they got a history of what it's like to be a Wisconsin sports fan. And Derek instilled that in them. That's leadership, Jason. One yeah. and, one and, family at and, a time. One family at a time, Jason. And and Derek overcoming adversity. We didn't even talk about the heartbreak you must be feeling that Quintez Cephas broke his collarbone is most likely out for the season for the Detroit Lions. We'll save that for our next Badgers outsider visits. Maybe you can put your healing hands on him and he'll be ready for the later part of the season. I will heal Quintez. And the over-under on the game is 39 this weekend. It's the lowest I've ever seen in college football, so should be a real humdinger at 7 p.m. <laughs> That is our friend Derek Blakesley, the Badgers Outsider, presented by PDSIT.